Christmas morning 2013. It was my wife and I's first Christmas as a married couple. She was pregnant. Um, I didn't say big and pregnant. I said pregnant because she was very small. She was very small. She was a tiny pregnant woman. Um, she was pregnant with our oldest son, Max, and Kimber began to ask for a couple things that were a little bit more expensive. <clears throat> she was three years old, and we were broke. I mean, we're broke now, but we were really broke then. She wasn't working. I was working night shift. But she wanted this dog. It was this robotic dog that barked and, like, did tricks. And she couldn't have just a regular dog. No, she had to have a robot dog. Anyway, she wanted this dog. She wanted a couple other things that, that were just going to be a little expensive for us. And we knuckled down, and we said, you know what? We're, we're going to do it. We're going to get her what she wants. And we got her what she wanted. Now, she didn't get as many things as she got the year before, but, but she got what she wanted. You hear what I'm saying? And then she came down Christmas morning. She was excited. She opened up her, her few things that we could afford to get her, and she was happy. I mean, she wasn't sad, but she turned, and she, she looked at us, and she said, I, I didn't get as much as I got last year. I must not have been as good. And that broke our hearts. It broke our hearts that she thought she wasn't good enough, that she didn't behave well enough to get more things. And, and that, that taught us two things as parents. That one, not to take it personally, because she didn't understand the cost of what had been paid for her. Just like so often we don't understand the cost that our father paid for us, but also that never again would, would my daughter feel like the favor of her father and her mother would come based off of how she behaved or how she performed or how good she was or how good she was doing, but know that the favor and love of her father and her mother were there every single day, no matter how good or how bad or what decisions or mistakes that she was making, her favor from her father and her mother would remain the same forever and ever and ever and ever. She would never have to earn our love. She would never have to earn our favor or achieve something to be loved by her father and her mother. Amen? Amen? If you have your Bibles with you, let's stand for the reading of God's Word, starting in Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 9. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great which is a mistake in and of itself because he was saying he was great. Normally, if somebody's saying how great they are, uh, they're not that great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying this man is the power of God that is called great, and they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip, and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John. 
who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of Lord Jesus. And then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power so that anyone on whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord that nothing what you have said may come upon me. Can you say amen? Amen. You may be seated. They all paid attention to him. That's dangerous. It's a dangerous thing to have attention. I I was an addict of attention. You probably couldn't tell, but I'm, I'm very shy and reserved and never really cared too much for attention. I'm just kidding. I was the baby of the family. That was my curse, right? That was my curse. I was loved so much. Now, everybody spoiled me. I was the baby of the family. I loved the attention. I loved the attention. And when I stopped getting the attention in good ways, I still had to get the attention so I would get them in bad ways. Because you see, attention is attention is attention. You can be an addict to meth or, or heroin or, or cocaine or, or, or chocolate. You can be an addict to a thousand different things, but you can definitely be an addict to attention. I'm telling you. I tried to get people to pay attention to me, and Simon was sitting there, and it says it. All, they all paid attention to him. Not what he was doing, not, not, not what about him, to him. He received it, and he amazed these people. But at the end of that very paragraph, he was the one that was amazed. Can you say amen? You see, attention is a dangerous thing. You go to search it, whether it's good or whether it's bad. It doesn't matter as long as people are saying your name. People are talking about you. The, the eyes are on you. When you become an attention addict, you want that attention. Now, Simon was not doing like simple magic tricks. He wasn't like, is this your card? Yes. I am the power of God. No, he wasn't pulling rabbits out of hats. He wasn't doing that, you know, where the thing where you pull the the string out of your throat. That's not what he was doing. He was doing much darker, much more demonic forms of sorcery, necromancy, trying to speak to the dead, you know, trying to, to, to do all these horrible, horrible, dark things. And those powers that he had were straight from the devil himself to try to distract people away from what God can do and what he could do, right? What he could do, make it about him, make it about him and not, not anything else. They, they all paid attention to him. And then whenever someone came in and was going, no, no, don't pay attention to me. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Everyone's attention changed, so he had to change his attention. He had to figure out how to get that, how to, how to achieve that, how to go after that. And it, it, the biggest outlayer of what this is and his intent, 
because it spoke about his intent several times, was why he wanted the Holy Spirit in the first place. He says it himself. He said, give me this power also so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, he wanted the Holy Spirit so that everyone knew he had the Holy Spirit. Not because I want the Holy Spirit, because I need the Holy Spirit desperately to live and breathe and guide me and, and, and correct me and convict me and prune me and show me what I should do, show me what I shouldn't do, show me where I should go, what I should say. No, 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 no. I want the Holy Spirit so that my neighbor can see I got that new Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? Anybody ever wanted to get sober just because somebody said you couldn't get sober? Anybody ever wanted to do right and get a good job and, and lead your family just because people said you couldn't do it? Just so you can say, hey, see, I told you I could do it. See, I told you I could get my life right. I told you I could honor me. I told you I could get attention to me. I did this. It was me. No. All those things are receiving attention, but really we're supposed to direct the attention to the Father who allowed us to get sober, who led us to, to get a good job, who led us to straighten our lives out, who led us to lead our family. The Holy Spirit inside me is the one that did it, not anything else. The Holy Spirit in me, not me. Let me direct what you're saying to me and reflect it to God because he's the reason for all of this. Stop paying attention to me. Start paying attention to what God can do in your life if you allow him to because it's not me. It's him. Can you say amen? See, he wanted the Holy Spirit so people saw that he had the Holy Spirit not a genuine yearning for God in his life, not a genuine yearning for God's presence in his life. I, I, have you ever seen that happen where someone wants to worship so people can see them worship? People pray out loud so people can hear them pray, serve people, and try to pose for a picture that it gets posted so people see them serving instead of worshiping because you honor God and want to send him uh, adoration and, and worship towards him, not praying because you genuinely want a relationship with him and want to hear from him and speak to him and have communion with him, serve people because he has served you and you want people to desperately feel the love of God that you have felt in your life. No, he just wanted to be seen doing the things, which is fake. It's not real. Said so to check the intent of your heart. You see, it's something that is given to you. It wouldn't make much sense if you went to give someone a gift. You went to give someone a gift and they went, oh, I'm going to earn that gift. No, I'm giving it to you. Oh, how much do I owe you for it? No, I'm giving it to you. Ah, one of these days, one of these days I'm going to be good enough to open up that gift. No, you don't understand. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving the grace of God to you. I'm giving the love of God to you. I'm giving it freely to you. See, we're, we're extending this not for sale series, but we've been talking about things that we have that you can't take from us for anything. Our truth is not for sale. Our salvation is not for sale. The grace of God is not for sale. You can't buy it from him. He gave it to you. He gave it to you freely. There's nothing you can do to earn it. 
There's nothing you can do to achieve it. You can't buy it. It's yours. It has your name on it. He gave it to you. I know you've heard people say, well, I, when I start go doing right and get cleaned up, I'm going to start coming to church. <laughs> I can't go in there. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not good enough yet. I, I, I'll get there. I'll be able to get myself together one day to be able to get to church. No, he gave it to you. The gift of God was given freely to you. He said it right here. Peter says you can't obtain the gift of God. You can't earn the gift of God. You can't obtain that. It was given to you. It was priceless. There's no amount of money that you have that could buy this. There's no way that you could check enough boxes to be able to earn the gift of God. The grace and power and love of God was given to you. Given freely. You can't buy it. That silver is going to perish with you if you feel like you can buy it. That's not how it works. You can't obtain something that has already been given to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't obtain something that was given to you because it's yours. It's already yours. It belongs to you. Amen? You know, are you a good receiver? Is what it boils down to. Can you receive well? Is it hard for you to take a compliment? When somebody says, you look really nice today, they go, ah, my hair is kind of, my hair is kind of, what's so funny? What are you laughing about? Hey, can someone buy you dinner and it not bother you? You know, I, and sometimes I, I, I've seen people who get their dinner bought and they're like, what are you buying my dinner for? I don't need you to buy my dinner. I didn't need that. I don't need your help. I, don't, I, I got money. You think I, you think I need your help? No, I'm just trying to give you a gift, man. I'm just trying to bless you. I'm trying to help somebody. When you know, are, are you one of those people that are stretched to the ends of everything that you can be stretched to and someone offers to, to help you and you go, no, I, I can do it myself. You're not a good receiver. You're not receiving well. And if you can't receive a compliment, if you can't receive somebody buying you dinner, if you can't receive a favor from somebody, then how is it if you can't receive those little things, do you feel like you're going to receive the almighty, eternal grace and power and love of God the Father falling down on you? How can you receive something that big if you can't receive something so small? Amen? Amen? I, if you can't receive a compliment, if you feel like you're too good for that, how, how are you going to receive everlasting forgiveness and eternal peace? How? How can we be a good receiver? You know, uh, there, there's a, a Christian comedian that, that said he was, going to, he was working on being a good receiver. You know, he, he's a giver, but he wants to be a, a good receiver. And, and so he was going through the Starbucks drive-thru, and he gets up to pay for his coffee, and somebody at the window says, hey, man, the car in front of you paid for your coffee. He goes, wow, praise the Lord. That's incredible. He said, yeah, man, that's 23 cars in a row. Somebody has paid for the next, for the next, for the next. Isn't that cool? And he goes, yeah, that is cool. Have a good day. And he drives off. And he's like, what? He was expecting him to pay. And he said, you know what? I would argue that only one of those people gave. The very first person is the one that gave to the car behind them. Everyone else just gave out of obligation. 
they felt like they had to because they, they, they still had to pay for something. The person in the front car tried to make it to where the person in the car behind them didn't have to pay for anything, but they ended up paying for the one behind them and the one behind them and the one behind them. He wanted to be a good receiver. He wanted to receive the blessing that someone intended for him to have, but instead everyone else just gave out of obligation. Everyone else just gave because they felt like they had to. They, they, They served because they felt like they had to. Can you be a good receiver? Can you give with the only intent for someone to receive the blessing? And can you receive a blessing with only the intention that someone wanted to love you and bless you? Or is pride getting in the way of that? Be a good receiver. If we can't practice the receiving of the small things, are we going to be like Simon the sorcerer and buy our way into heaven? Because that's not going to work. You're not going to have enough accolades. You're not going to have enough gifts. You're not going to check enough boxes or do enough things to be able to get there one day and earn the grace of God. No, before you did anything for the kingdom, he died for you. Before you did anything for the kingdom, he died with your face in his mind and your name on his heart as he died for you. Before you did anything, you can't earn the grace of God. You can't buy the grace of God. Repent of that intent of trying to obtain the gift of God with money or deeds or service or anything. You cannot earn something that has been given so freely. Anything else is trying to doubt how freely it was given to you. Anything else is how you doubt that he gave it at all. You still feel like you need to earn it. You still feel like you need to buy it. That's not how it works. The grace and love of God is freely given. Jesus didn't die out of obligation. He didn't die because he just, this is what I'm supposed to do today, get up and go get on the cross. No, he chose to die for you. To die for you. And he lives for you still. The intent. The intent. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. You know, sometimes the things that we do for somebody, they may not have the right intent. I do it. I do it as your pastor. I do it. Sometimes I'll go and I'll get my wife chocolates and flowers and a dress and like a day at the spot. I never do all those things. I'm just kidding. I I empty the dishwasher. Yeah, like I empty the dishwasher. That's much more the scale of the things that I can do for my wife. So I empty the dishwasher and I say, ha-ha, look what I did. I am man. And she goes, oh, thank you. What do you want? I go, nothing. Can I go golfing Saturday? Right? Check your intent. Did you do something because you really wanted to serve someone? Did you do something because you wanted something in return? Did you do something or say something because you want them to just absolutely feel grace and love and cared for? Or are you trying to obligate them into something? Check your intent. Check your intent because it's wicked. 
It's wicked. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. Check the intent of your heart today. Are you wanting to serve God or yourself? Are you wanting to serve God or your spouse? Are you wanting to serve God or serve God? Or C, serve God. Everything that you do, everything that you say, everywhere that you go must be with the intention of serving God the Father, sharing his love, grace, and mercy to everyone, to everyone and everything. You know, I I really think that we have forgotten a, a really big word that starts with G. It's called grace. You know why I think that we've forgotten it? Because every time that I open up any social media or, or news or see people talking about things, no one has grace. No one. We have so much grace that has been given to us, but we cannot share any grace for someone who just disagrees with us. It, it hurts. I know it hurts the Father to have been, to just give this everlasting huge amount of grace to his children and then watch them not have any for themselves not have any for anybody else we have to receive the grace of god so that we can share the grace of god so that somehow some way someone that i'm talking to whenever you start praying for them or whenever you start talking to them and they start to feel like oh you just feel like you're holier than now huh you just feel like you're better than everybody huh you just you just got it all figured out no no i've just received grace i've received love and i just want you to feel how real it is because he's real the grace of god is real the love of god is real and i'm trying to just show you just for a second if you could receive it if you could receive and know how good my God is please receive it receive it because he's real he's real he really died really for you for real and he's real he came to life for you it's real it's real and I want you to understand it and receive it receive it just 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 receive how good he is not for any not for me not for your mama or your daddy not not don't don't do this for anybody else in your life do it for god do it for god give it to god you see our identity is something everybody struggles with so much our identity is is just who we try to say we are who, who we say we're going to be, you know, whether it be in, in our profession or our work or our talent or our family, we try to achieve a certain level of identity. We try to achieve a, a certain level in our, our home or our work or our, our family, or we try to achieve our identity, but you can't achieve your identity. You'll never achieve your identity. All you can do is receive your identity. Receive your identity. A child of the living God. Receive that identity and quit trying to achieve any other identity. You receive your identity. You don't achieve it. You can't. You'll die lonely and wore out trying to achieve the identity of who you are in Christ. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness 
and in the bond of iniquity. You know what gall is? It's bile. It's bile. You're in the bile of bitterness. That's how gross you're being, Simon. You're just gross. You're in the bile of bitterness. One of the, one of the things we don't talk about enough as a church, and I'm talking about the church, is covetedness. We don't talk about coveting enough. It's one of the big ones. Thou shalt not covet. But I'm not talking about your neighbor's boat or, or, or somebody's shoes. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about covet. You can covet someone's faith. You can covet someone's prayer life. You can covet someone's knowledge. You can cover someone's worship. You can covet someone's communion and relationship with God. And all that is and all it does is put you in the bile of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Your faith is your faith. Your worship is your worship. Your prayer life is your prayer life. Your relationship with God is yours. Do not wish for someone else's. Do not wish for someone else's. It's yours. It's yours. Go after yours. Don't go after someone else's. For the longest time, I swear I tried to be Pastor Paul Grider. I tried to get up here. Awesome. Oh, no. I tried to covet. I coveted. I coveted how good he could do this. I coveted that. I had to repent of that and stop and just say, you know what, God, what is it you want me to do? How is it you want me to be? What's the relationship and talent and gift that you have given me that I need to nurture and bless and try to move up in me to be what you would have me to be because I don't want to be anything else or anybody else or have anything that I don't need to have. I just want what you have for me. Don't covet someone's prayer life. Don't covet someone's faith. Don't covet someone's worship. Just go after the communion and relationship that God has blessed you with and that is yours and can be no one else's. What he said. I'm telling you, you can covet material things, but you can covet things that you just want, that you're just not going after. We as a church need to repent of being in the, the gall of bitterness, the bile of bitterness, worried about what their prayer life is or what their talent is or what this is or what that is. No, 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 no. Each individual person receiving the grace and God, not buying it, not earning it, not trying to go after it, just receiving it, being a good receiver today, receiving what it is that God has for you, receiving that the word that God is speaking over you, receive the worship and relationship and communion and repentance and grace and power and love that God has given just you, just you. It's not about anybody else's. It's what he gave you. It's what he delivered you out of. It's the testimony that he gave you. It's what he's doing in you. It's what he's pruning and shaping in you. You're the one on the wheel. Don't worry about that the sculpture next to you is finished and complete and beautiful. Worry about what's on yours. Get to the spinning. Let him mold you and shape you and put you in the oven. Because it's about your relationship that he gave you freely. Be a good receiver today. Receive the joy that he has for you. Receive the peace that he has for you. Receive the compliment 
Receive someone blessing you with dinner. Receive the help. Receive those things because those are minuscule, tiny little moments of blessings, of things that someone wants to give you because there is something that you need to receive that is so much larger than any of those things. Receive the grace and mercy and power and love of God without feeling any obligation to earn it or pay for it or do anything about it. Receive and react to the grace and power and love by reacting to Him and just loving Him and soaking up His presence and worshiping Him and thanking Him and praying for Him and then share your experience with everyone that you can. Everyone that you can so that they know that it's not about you feeling better. It's not about you being holier than now. It's not about you having something that they don't have. It's just about you receiving something freely that you want to give freely away. No obligation. There is, I, I don't need anything from you, bro. I don't need anything back. But I want to give you the gift of who Jesus Christ is to me. And I want to give that to you freely. What you do with it is up to you. But I'm giving my love away. I'm giving it away. You don't have to pay me back. You don't have to love me back. Imagine loving someone and not having to make them love you back. Just love. Just give. Just be gracious. I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care where you're at in your life. I don't care where you're at in your walk. I love you. I, I, I worship him. And I, I'm giving you grace because he gave me grace. And I'm worshiping him, trusting him on what he's going to do in your life because he did it in mine. And he's still doing it. I'm working every day. But he still has grace that's new for me every day. I'm trying. Just like I know you are. But I'm thankful for who he is. I'm thankful that I don't have to earn it. Because I can't. I can't. I can't earn it. I cannot outsend his grace. I can't outsend his grace. And I can't earn his grace. It's just given. Freely. So I want you to be a good receiver today. I want to challenge you in that. I want to challenge you to receive the calling, the gift, the thing that it is that he's been trying to give you for so long that you've just been turning it away and going, I don't want to open that. I don't want to go down that road. I, want to, I don't want to go to that place. I don't, I don't want to receive that just yet because I'm scared of what I might owe for it. You don't owe anything. He just has a gift for you. He just wants you to have it. He just wants you to have it. The same thing that I want my, my daughter to learn, I want you to learn today. You don't understand the cost that was paid for something that he's given you for free. And the favor and love of God the Father in heaven is not based off of how good you are. It's not based off of what you've done and you haven't done. The grace and love and power of God is yours. Don't obtain it. Just receive it. 
You don't have to be enough. You don't have to equip enough. You don't have to earn enough. You don't have to pay enough. It's yours. It's yours.